my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so happy to be with you today to record this week's episode. Those of you who are on my mailing mailing list, you already know this because I sent this out, but this February 14th, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that my two favorite holidays are Christmas and Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day means something really special for BGH because it is the date that our podcast was relaunched. And this year it marks five years. Five years. I can't believe it. So um, I'm so excited. And so with it being our anniversary and talking about, and you know, where we started, we started this podcast, I started this podcast to talk about all issues related to love addiction and love avoidance and the trauma that causes it. And so right now we are doing our uh, winter workshop series. Do not worry. Uh, For those of you who are looking forward to this week's mother trauma episode, don't worry. We're just going to have two episodes this week. But I was thinking that with it being our anniversary that is really important for us to talk about the things that brought us here, you know, the things that we are working on. So we are going to, or in this episode today, I'm going to be talking about how to know if you have a problem as a love addict. There may be some things that I have shared before, but there are some other ways that love addiction shows up that I've not discussed. So I hope that you find it helpful. Also, what is new and different? And I thought about doing like a little mini drop-in episode, but I have not had time For our five-year anniversary, I am giving out very large uh, scholarships to the recovery school program. So for those of you who've been wanting to work work on healing from your love addiction, your love avoidance, and the trauma that causes it, and you have not been able to enroll, or you have just kind of been dancing around it for a while, I would really suggest for you to apply for the scholarships. I will be giving out five scholarships in honor of our five-year anniversary, and you can apply by February 1st at 5 p.m. CST, and I will be gifting those uh, scholarships to women who are interested in working together more on the issues of love addiction, trauma, and love avoidance, and who have found benefit in the Black Girls Heal program. So the way that you can apply is you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash scholarship. Again, that's blackgirlsheal.org slash scholarship. And um, again, submitted by the first, I will let Winners know by the 5th, and then you will have an opportunity to enroll for our Valentine's Day cohort, and we will have our welcome party for all new members on February 11th. So that is it. So 
Like I said, today we're going to talk about how do you know you may have a problem as a love addict? And I think this is really important because what is that difference? Where is the fine line between being a supportive and open and dedicated and loyal partner versus someone who may be slowly losing themselves, losing their boundaries and losing their identity to a relationship or a person that is not healthy and sustainable for them? Uh, Where can you kind of identify when you might be shifting a little bit more into self-bandament versus collaboration and cooperation. So we're going to talk about that today. So let's jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Whenever I have an episode about love addiction or love avoidance specifically, I always define what those terms are. So love addiction is the persistent obsession of a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of who you want that person and relationship to be and mistaking that obsession for love, mistaking that intensity for love, mistaking the fact that it is very difficult for you to pull away, to set up boundaries, to say no with This must be the real thing. This must be what people talk about when they say you can't live without your person. And, you know, there's ups and downs in relationships. This must be it versus being able to see that there is such a thing as normal, healthy couple conflict and and discord that happens in all relationships and the different type of trauma and toxicity and overwhelm and loss of self. That happens in relationships with people who are unavailable to you, avoidant, or narcissistic. So let's go ahead and talk about what are some signs that you may actually have a problem with love addiction. And for anyone who wants more information about that, on the Black Girls Hill website, there is actually a library of resources. If you go to blackgirlshill.org at the very top, it says resources, and then you can choose the library. And there's more information about love addiction, an extensive list of symptoms and what it involves to work through it. Same thing with love avoidance and same things with love deprivation. So one of the first signs that you may actually have a problem with love addiction is that you may 
you may allow yourself to miss out on opportunities and relationships as you are in search of a partner or to be available to the partner that you currently have. So again, you may miss out on opportunities and other relationships because you are searching for a partner or to be available to the person that you already have around you. So what does this look like? This looks like if there is an event that you want to go to, but the person that you're with may tentatively tentatively want to hang out, or maybe they already have an event that is happening. You will not do what is part of your passion. You will not do your hobbies. You will not go out for things unless you make sure that your partner is okay with it. And it doesn't always mean looking at them or looking to them for permission. It can mean that they won't feel mad at you or feel abandoned by you because you are doing your own thing. You have this really high allegiance to always being available and being in their company because in your mind, that is what makes you a good partner. And like I've shared so many times when I talk about the qualities and symptoms of love addiction and things that come with it, you know, even the qualities of codependence and things, being generous, being empathic, being loyal, being thoughtful, these are all great qualities. The problem that happens or the reason why it becomes a problem is when you shift into an effort to being all those things, you are comfortable or you allow yourself to lose yourself and you allow yourself to lose your own identity. And so whether or not it is slowly or immediately, you will slowly start to deny yourself different opportunities and moments and events and relationships and being available to things that just solely have the benefit of your own pleasure. That is not something that you can come back and talk to your partner or if you're uh, in a love addicted relationship or a trauma bonded relationship with a family member or friend that it has, there's no value in you being able to come back to share with them what you've learned or what you've experienced that truly it is just for you. You start to lose the importance of those things and believing that it's important yourself. In fact, when these different opportunities and moments and relationships and people that you can hang out with and people you can get to know, and and this is especially for those who may be in situationships, right? Where you may have the opportunity for another romantic partner, but you are not really going to give it a chance because your mind and your heart is elsewhere. And you might even kind of think that it's, you see it, but you might even think that's a little bit funny versus seeing that you are literally being blocked from opportunities and moments of love and connection. And so you, in addition to maybe thinking that it's funny, you might not even see it as an issue at all. I'm not saying everyone may think that it's funny. And when I say funny, I'm talking about like, oh, man, I'm hanging out with this person and I know that we're not really serious. And this other person wanted to talk to me and they're really cool, but it's not them. And so it's, man, what's, what's going on with me? And kind of like that more good hearted chuckle versus that you're thinking that it's super hilarious that these opportunities are being missed. Like you just kind of see it as kind of one of life's quirks versus what it may actually be. And so um, if it's not that, if you uh, do not have awareness of it. It may just seem like you just think that this is something that you are neutrally deciding that it would be more pleasurable for me to hang out with my partner. So I'm either going to make sure that nothing takes up this space or I'm going to cancel what I do have. I'm going to renege on it. I'm going to tentatively say yes, but if my partner or whoever else that I'm connected to wants to hang out or wants to do things, 
together, I am going to then cancel. Um, I'm going to be very loosely tied to anything that's not related to this relationship. And in fact, all the goals and things that I go out for once I'm in this partnership are going to be related to preserving the relationship and nurturing the relationship and growing the relationship. So if I'm going down a certain path when it comes to my career or my purpose or my talent, and I have a trajectory and I know exactly what it is that I want, if the relationship brings in some type of roadblock or some type of hurdle, um, if it may take away my time or take away my energy or may even be in a whole different setting or location, uh, take away my financial resources, I'm going to compromise with that. Because even though I may have had this long-standing desire, hope, opportunity, um, pleasure, joy, hobby that has been solely mine, now I have this relationship. So now I have to figure it out. Now I have to let me go. And I'm intentionally saying letting me go. Um, because this opportunity, this dream, this purpose has been a part of you. And uh, But this person has come or this relationship has come. So I am going to start to... Um, make adjustments because this is what I most ultimately want, which is totally the sign of love addiction. Love addiction is um, idolizing and camping, championing <laughs> romantic relationships and partnerships as being the end all be all. So in your worship of that, you will self-deny because in your mind and in your heart, this is what I ultimately want. I want to be partnered. I want to be loved. I want to be romance. So anything that gets in the way of that, I'm going to gladly let it go until you get to the other side of it and you find out why that doesn't work out. You losing yourself does not allow you to be a full person in this relationship. And every healthy relationship needs a full developed person to be in relationship with another full and healthy and developed person. Two people who have their own identities, who have their own desires and coming from their fullness and their health, then that's where they decide, can they co-collaborate? Can they co-create? Some of you are going to be connected to really amazing people that you cannot co-create with. And so by practicing your own self-love and that person practicing their own self-love, you may find that this is maybe, maybe you'll say something to the effect of right person, wrong time. Um, maybe there are other just variables that just don't work out and you can lovingly detach from someone. Every time you meet someone who's good or pretty or whatever your qualifiers are, has a lot of money, tall, has a beard, I don't know. <laughs> Every person that you meet that has these qualifiers does not mean that that has to be your person. But going back to the problem with love addiction, love addiction will say that love, love is ultimate. And you know you can be a hopeless romantic or a hopeful romantic without losing yourself. But when you have love addiction or when you operate from love addiction, you can't really fathom anything else that is um, going to be as good or as fun or as meaningful or as valuable. And so that's why, you know, outside of this podcast, I'm always talking about it's so important for you to do the work because you may logically know this and it may be actually hitting a chord for some of you who may relate to this experience of um, missing out on opportunities. You know, not studying abroad was one thing that I did very early on in my love addiction before I even knew love addiction was a thing is I I wanted to study abroad and I didn't go because I knew that if I did, I would um, um, I would probably break up with the guy that I was dating at the time. And your girl should have went. Your girl should have been her full self because here's the thing. 
you being your full self is either going to make the relationship better or it's going to make it worse or you're you're going to break up. And you do not want to be in any relationship where you being a shadow or a shell of yourself is required to keep the relationship going. Then you are just going to, you're just a puppet. You're just a doll. You're just an NPC for this other person's movie, for this other person's story. You're just a tool for what they have going on. Where's you? Where's your life? Where's your storyline? You know, and you may be waiting for the day and the moment for it to be your turn. But if your relationship, if your relationship is already set up for you being second class or on the back burner or, you know, plan B and that other person and their desires are, are plan A, that that fairness and that justice that you're hoping that this person is going to one day turn around and give to you, they're not going to. And that's not saying that they are a bad person or whatever else. I mean, some of you may be connected to people who are um, abusers or narcissists or bad people, but for the most part, the women that I work with and the stories that I hear, they are attached to people who are, you know, they talk about them having good hearts or good potential or, or something to that effect, but you have entered the relationship or allowed this relationship to be one where you're a second-class citizen. That is what this relationship has been built on and it's what you've allowed. And so until you start to stand in that and come out of that, that's what you're always going to get. But again, I talk about doing the work outside of this and outside of just listening to this podcast and things like that, because how freaking scary is it for you to actually stand in your power? How scary is it for you to stand up for yourself? And standing up for yourself does not have to mean being aggressive or having a fight with someone. It can't be as simple as going a weekend without spending time with that person because you're doing something else. And uh, you know, going a longer period of time without being in contact and also not using fantasy and rumination and you replaying every single moment and thought and what, what are they doing? What are they feeling to help you get through that time? You know, a lot of times love addicts will have distance from people, but you're still doing love addict things, even though you're not in their vicinity, even though you're not in their company, your life is still very much based around your mental chatter, your mental capacity, your emotional capacity, all of it is focused on what is going to uh, help this relationship, help this person feel happy and pleasurable, is very much attuned to making sure you stay in a good place so that the relationship stays thriving instead of your heart and your mind being attuned to what you want. And when you're a love addict, you don't quite know how to get there. You know how to kind of get in that area or go towards that when you're heartbroken or when you've been disappointed. When you've been sacrificing for a while or that person isn't showing up for you, then you have the you have the energy, you have the oomph to be like, you know what? Forget that. I'm doing too much for this relationship. You feel more indignant and you make your own self-declarations that you are going to start to choose yourself. And you do until the relationship starts to feel good again, until that person looks at you, until you uh, get to be in their vicinity, until y'all make love, until, you know, and when you get that text, you know, all that resolve that you are going to be different and do different and not care and do your own thing starts to go away. And that's because love addiction is never about the person. It's about the trauma that's underneath it. And your relationship with that person is just mimicking uh, and replaying what your current trauma narrative is. And so uh, the more you try to act like this person is the problem or this relationship is the problem, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns over and over again. You're going to keep breaking up with a person and either returning back to them because you're not actually getting to the root of the problem. 
or you're going to separate from that person and continue to find the same relationships over and over in different people. So you really, really do have to do the work, get support, um, get help, get coaching. You know, that's why the recovery school is here uh, for women who are listening to this, to this podcast to help you actually break those patterns and not go back. Okay. Um, and for those of you who may be listening to this podcast for the first time, the recovery school is my coaching program where I help women heal from the trauma that causes love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation to make way for healthy love in their life, starting with, with their relationship with themselves and of course, extending to other people as well. And you can learn more by going to therecoveryschool.com. So um, that is the first point, missing out on opportunities for the sake of a partner or for a relationship. And again, this can also be if you are a single and you are kind of putting your life on hold or you may only be doing activities and going on trips and doing all these other things and up-leveling yourself only for the sake of being in a partnership. And here's where, again, it is kind of a, I want to say a mixed bag, but two things can be true at the same time. You up-leveling yourself you pursuing your dreams, you having hobbies, you traveling, you being your best self is absolutely a sign of healthy self-worth and absolutely something that every single person can do or should do. I'll say should do. Uh, However, there are some folks who are only up-leveling solely for the purpose of being in a relationship, not because they deserve to feel beautiful not because they deserve to have the experiences that they want, not because they deserve to be happy. Again, a relationship is ultimate. It is the trump card. And so if I get this, you know, this happiness, or if I get kind of this opportunity to feel a little bit more confident or feel good in my clothes or to go and add more stamps to my passport, I mean, that's great. But the fact that I might get a ring or I might be in this dream partnership is really what I ultimately want. And we have to start to right size relationships. I have never, over these last five years, I have, at least to my knowledge, <laughs> um, part of my own personal philosophy, I have never tried to dissuade anyone from ever not leaning into knowing that you want companionship. I don't believe that any of us need to feel as if we have to become monks um, and come to this place where we have a complete detachment from wanting romance and companionship. I think that is okay for you to be honest about those things and you can still be fully connected to your self-worth and be pouring into yourself while that's your truth. However, when it becomes your only truth and when it becomes the main reason for, for your living, that is where the problem is. Because when you are living in that place, y'all, it makes it not, not even harder for you to see red flags, but what do you do when this thing that you have sacrificed for and worked so hard for ends up being less than perfect? And this is even in the best case scenario. In the best case scenario, if your happiness is dependent on whether or not your relationship is going going uh, swimmingly, whether or not your partner is super happy with you, whether or not you're having sex all the time and that the sex is good and passionate, whether or not they called you beautiful that day, whether or not they're gifting you with things, whether or not they look at you with a certain type of energy, whether or not you're feeling entertained because you dropped some of your hobbies to spend time with them. So now this person is your hobby. And yes, y'all do activities, but really the hobby is this person and the activities are the accessories, right? So once it once it all starts to go uh, bad, then what are you left with? 
you know, and how, how dependent is that on this other person to make you happy? And then also no one, no one goes into relationships expecting for them to end. And unfortunately, so many of us have millions of stories of so many different variations of relationships that were supposed to last forever that didn't. Whether or not we talk about uh, the Christians that waited until they got married to have their first relationship and they were mentored by their pastors and they were mentored by their community and it didn't work out. To the people who dated for five or six years and um, in their mind living together and everything and really knowing each other really well um, and seeing themselves through all these ups and downs before they made the decision to get married was what would make it foolproof. And that's not what happened for them. Or the person who um, meets someone who's amazing. Y'all have great chemistry. Y'all have a great friendship. They are financially uh, a provider. Um, Y'all just grow together. And then after 20, 25 years, you find out this person is cheating on you. And, you know, we can't predict the future. And my hope is that everyone is able to connect if you decide to be in a romantic partnership and if it's even something that you want. My hope is that you are in a partnership that defies the odds and that you partner well and that both of you are able to practice your own self-accountability to where you can traverse all of those types of issues and and not only survive it, but thrive from it, right? I want everyone who listens to this to get that invisible medal of 30, 40, 50 year relationships, but to also be happy with it uh, if that is what you want to be in monogamy. And it doesn't always work out that way. But I think, especially from the folks who it has worked out for, who it has worked out for, those folks know who they are. They know their quirks. They know their desires. They know their boundaries. And they show up as fully developed people in those relationships. And they're with uh, partners that respect that and celebrate that and champion it. Champion it. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get your podcasts.
Okay. So I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all. And five is I'm fully connected. How on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout, right? And so you need to have yourself. Yourself is your most important relationship. And if that does not resonate with you, or if there is fear that comes up with you focusing on yourself, this is where I really encourage you to find outside support because thinking about it and journaling about it only are really great things. Uh, but it's going to take you, it's, it's almost like you're trying to excavate, uh, excavate some, some buried treasure. And instead of you using a jackhammer and an actual excavator, you're using a spoon. You may get there, but the amount of stress and time and <laughs> effort and everything that will take you to get there, you, it will take forever if you get there, if you don't give up in the meantime and get all these injuries along the way. So Drop the spoons, y'all. Go and find someone who has some heavy equipment to help you dig your treasure up and uh, get to where you want to go a lot quicker. So that is the first one. The second one is the second way to know that you may actually have a problem with love addiction is if you go straight to um, sex or and or appeasing when you're in a romantic partnership to whenever you're in an argument or conflict with a partner. So if you go straight to sex and or appeasing them, doing anything that you know is going to make them happy, make them laugh whenever there is a conflict. So John Gottman, y'all know that that is my favorite, that is currently my favorite uh, relationship, relationship expert <laughs> because all of their techniques and tools are science-based. They've been doing this for, my gosh, have they been doing it for longer than I've been alive? I don't know but they can predict happy marriages and divorces um, into the 90s, I believe. I can't remember. I know I have it written down. I use, I know I've said the number on the podcast before, but I don't remember right now. But basically, they know what they're talking about. And one of the things that the Gottmans teach is, um, 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 the Gottmans are a married couple. One of the things that the Gottmans talk about is how when you're in conflict with someone, it's not even really about your fighting style or whether or not y'all are quiet or your arguers or whether or not y'all get loud and get rowdy, but it's the connections that you maintain while you are fighting. So if you are able to, like, let's say one of the one of y'all are the type who may crack a joke, if the other person 
And, and, and it's because they're trying to lighten the mood, not because they're trying to disrespect you, not because they're trying to miss what, dismiss what you're saying, but it is, it is a bid to connect to you while y'all are going through conflict to let you know, whether or not it's a conscious thought or not, but let, to let you know that they're here with you, that they're still your partner, even though y'all are on, y'all are on opposing sides right now, that you are, that they are here. And if you reject that bid, that's a bid for connection, by either escalating or not laughing or shutting it down, then that is a predictor for divorce. Um, that and other things as well. Basically, you're every time y'all are trying, one or both of you to connect to the other person, the other one is dismissing them. And that is what leads to the, the separation. So I'm bringing this up because you wanting to appease your partner, whether or not it's making them laugh, you know, uh, coming back in, apologizing, fixing them a plate of cooking is your love language. It is not my love language, but shout out to those of you who it is. <laughs> I will be like you one day. Um, but doing something to connect to them is, again, a sign of health. With all these things, they are all healthy. But it's when we go into the extremes. Love addiction and love avoidance are about extremes. Love avoidance, just for this moment, love love avoidance, which is the systematic of putting up of walls, that is based in being an independent person. That is based in you knowing who you are and knowing what you want and being very uh, serious about that. And that is literally what I've actually been talking about y'all pursuing. But if it's to the extreme where no one can get in and it's hard for you to be vulnerable with people without testing them for a long period of time. Um, and even then you never actually feel safe and uh, you safe enough to show what's going on, that you are very quick to cut people off, even in the site of normal conflict, that you don't really know how to communicate what you need and what you want. You expect people to be mind readers. It's hard for you to accept help. That's where we kind of go into the extreme of shifting from the healthy balance of being self-sufficient and knowing yourself to being someone who um, has kind of walled herself off. So this example of sex and appeasement, the reason why I'm listing this is at listing this as a sign is because if your goal as a love addict, because remember we talked about worshiping the relationship and worshiping that this person or love or the fantasy that you created in your mind that you're trying to get the relationship either back to or to the first there for the first time because you've seen the potential in this person and what it could be and y'all are so close and if you just continue to kind of sacrifice and be patient and and give and counsel or shift some resources their way or that you will get that final moment where this will all be worth it if that is your ultimate goal to get that, then you start to lose, well, what is it that I want in this conflict? What is it that I need? Because what you need is for this person to be okay. What you need is for the relationship to be happy again. And when you are a love addict, you have lived your whole life for the most part in a lot of self-denial. So even me saying that, or even you thinking that, that I need the relationship to be okay, I need this person to not be mad at me, you've confused external acceptance and validation for your own personal needs. You have learned that you are safer when relationships and when other people are okay, to where you don't even know when you're not okay. You're not okay when other people are not okay. Versus maybe something has actually happened in this relationship that it's okay for you to stand your ground on and expect and require an apology and amends, a change in behavior. 
And maybe it's okay for this person that you care about to kind of feel guilty or feel bad. Maybe it's okay for them to sit in their discomfort. Maybe it's okay for them to not take for granted access to your body and your mind and your heart and for you to not use your body, your mind, and your heart as a manipulation tool. So I'm going to use my body, my mind, my heart, my sex to make you happy, or I'm going to punish you. When you make me mad, I'm going to pull away, but it's because I'm trying to teach you a lesson, not because I'm connected to my body and understand that what has happened to me right now feels like a violation. So when I tap into my body and think about, do I even want to have sex? That's not top of mind. It may be there down a little bit lower, but what's top of mind is you think you can treat me this way or make me feel bad. Okay. I'm going to show you uh, versus it being more connected to to your own self-respect and what is going to make you feel uh, full and whole and good enough. So sex as a, a tool even if it's you are feeling abandoned and you're feeling unloved and you just really want to connect to them. Again, sex is made for that type of connection. It's made for that type of repair. But when that is your only tool or the tool you use most often, because you don't really have anything to help you feel regulated or grounded or good enough outside of having that connection with another person or to feel that momentary, um, you know, person, touching you on top of you or whatever else, you don't have access to anything else outside of that. That's where the issue is. Not that that is something that you find pleasurable and something that you find healing. That's that's what it's intended to do. That's, that's part of its purpose. But when it is your sole resource, that's where we have to start to look at, okay, where am I using love and connection and relationships as a replacement for deeper, more healing work that I need to be connected to? Okay. So that is number two. If I was teaching y'all live, I would be like, let me know if you're ready for number three. Drop a three in the chat. <laughs> for those of you who have been able to catch me live on Instagram or YouTube, uh, you know that that is my thing. And I think I'm going to start going live more on YouTube as well, because I know not everyone has social media. And I think YouTube is a lot uh, better because you can actually search for topics and everything. But if not already follow me on YouTube, make sure you're doing that so you don't miss that and uh, set your notifications so that you can be alerted when I go live. I love, I love when I get to chat with y'all and answer your questions there. So number three, the third way that you may know that you have a problem as a love addict is, oh, I didn't even tell you. The way you find me on YouTube is just by searching for Black Girls Heal with Sheena Lachey and I'll be right at the top in pink, of course. The third way that you can know that you are, that you may have a problem as a love addict or have a problem with love addiction is repeatedly returning to and or negotiating with an unmanageable relationship. They are trying to uh, compromise with that. So again, repeatedly returning to or negotiating with an unmanageable relationship. So you know that this relationship is not quite what you want. You know that it is so close, but just not right. Maybe you are struggling with the idea that you put so much time and energy into this partnership. Maybe you're afraid that you're not going to be able to get someone better. Um, Maybe you feel like this is your last chance at love. Or maybe, going back to what I was saying before about not really having access to tools and resources outside of it, you return to this relationship because you may call it being bored. (laughs) 
but really you're needing some type of um, some type of fix. You're needing some type of stimulation. You're needing some type of validation. And so responding to that DM from that person you've left on red for so long is a really quick fix when you are, you can't see my air quotes, when you are bored. Uh, because, and that's the other thing about not really being in touch with what you need and what you're thinking and what your feelings are. You will not be able to correctly identify what are your triggers, where, where you're activated and what your feelings actually mean. You think that you are bored when really you are feeling insecure. Really, you're actually feeling unstable. Actually, you're feeling kind of triggered. You know, you got in a fight with a coworker the day before. You didn't get the promotion that you want. You, you're beefing with your mama. You um, are feeling insecure in your body. Uh, you are comparing yourself to folks on social media. So you're needing some type of external fix to help you feel some relief. And so talking to someone that you don't want, perhaps, uh, but that is easy affirmation, attention, and care and distraction. Uh, that is a really um, great resource for you to pay attention to, which, you know, outside of using a person for for your own enjoyment uh, and and creating that this is another human being and soul on the other side of it, right? All if if nothing else, people talk so much about the dating pool these days, but it's because there's a lot of hurt people hurting people and gamifying um how much you can use someone or get to them first instead of actually coming with honesty and an openness and then getting mad that we're all passing around trauma and scars waiting for someone to not be scarred by the by the next person when we are an active participant in the war zone. We are actively sending people back out into the world after we've done them dirty because we've seen them as just a tool or a piece of entertainment or um, someone that I can just use in the meantime. And then getting, I don't want to say getting upset, but, you know, and I don't even want to make it seem like it's necessarily karma. I just think that the way that we are being taught either directly, depending on who you follow and who you're listening to, or just by societal norms, how we need to operate in in the dating scene, I think that we may be, if we're not mindful of it, causing more harm than good and being an active part of the problem versus just a recipient of the problems on behalf of other people. So outside of it, probably not being cool to use people for our own sense of validation is also just not sustainable for us because there are consequences. Chances are, if there is someone that you have left on red or someone that you're not connected to, that there's usually something wrong with them. That if you are at a place where you are only, and again, I know everybody, I know everyone can be susceptible to this. So this is not that you have to be 100% perfect and never need any type of external validation or care or comfort from a person ever. But if this is one of your main go-tos, that usually means that you don't really have a healthy relationship with yourself when it comes to self-soothing and self-comfort and affirming yourself um, because a lot of your resourcing is outside of yourself which means that you typically probably connect with a lot of relationships that don't treat you with the type of love and care and concern that you deserve for the most part. So that usually means that these people who are trying to get at you are usually not the right people for you. You know, you are tuned into or more readily able to, more ready to, readily available to accept 
folks who are not on the level that your highest level version of yourself will really want to be connected to. So in other words, there's usually time wasters. The people that are around you that are really good at giving you attention and company and maybe even gifts or sleeping with you and everything else, they're really great distractions, but they're not really good to build anything with. So if you're not careful, this is where you can slip into starting to compromise, uh, maybe even from jump, maybe just even responding to these type of people is the initial compromise. But if that if that's not it, then starting to, over time, trading out the slight and momentary ways that you may be triggered or disrespected or not uh, prioritized with this person because at least it's fun. At least it is something to do. At least it is entertaining. When really this is just draining your energy, it's draining your emotions, and they're taking up space and mental mental capacity from folks that could be there. And even not even folks that could be there, but really your attention to yourself and pouring things into you that make you feel good, um, that make you feel like your highest level version of you, that produce stress-free, stress-free relationships and enjoyment that doesn't have any collateral damage on the side. So these type of patterns can be so subtle, which is why outside help really helps with that, but really why really developing developing yourself, learning how to nurture yourself, love yourself, affirm yourself, and build companionship and connection with yourself is so important. And what gets in the way of that though is trauma. So the ways that you may not like yourself and doubt yourself. The ways that you may have watched other people who came before you, especially women, always put themselves last. So even you taking a step towards prioritizing you feels gigantic, but it may, and it's, and it's important, right? It's, I think we should celebrate every single step that we take, but in you think that it is the ultimate of what it could be or what it should be, but you are actually very far away from being neutral and balanced. And if anyone even presents to you what it, a neutral and balanced way of prioritizing yourself and looking at yourself looks like, it feels very shocking to you. And it feels, it might feel very selfish to you. It may seem very lonely to you, what people are suggesting that you do or how you show up. And it's something that you are not really wanting to do because in your mind, there's no way that I could actually have pleasure and feel happy if this is how I live. And I want you to know that you can and you will. Uh, but we have to get all the blockers out the way. The trauma patterns that we've seen, not only in how we grew up, but even how we've been doing relationships for many of us, many of us decades. So it really is a full-bodied relearning experience. So if you struggle with love addiction and intimacy disorder, I really encourage you to not try to fix an intimacy disorder, which is based on how you connect or disconnect from people, trying to do that on your own. I really, really, really encourage you to find folks, people, experts who can help you get to the other side of that. So again, the recovery school is how I help women do that. You can learn more by going to therecoveryschool.com. If you would like to apply for a scholarship uh, for our fifth year anniversary, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash scholarship. This is the only time I'm offering a scholarship, uh, just so you know. 
<laughs> and um, this is actually the first time I've offered a scholarship, especially in this form. I'm given like or in this amount. I've given different discount codes and things before, but it's never been this this large. Um, so, and it's only for this Valentine's Day enrollment period. So, um, this is your chance. Again, BlackGirlsHeal.org/scholarship. There are only five, and so um, hopefully you are able to. Um, to join us either way, whether or not you earn a scholarship or not, because these type of issues, y'all, they only tend to grow. I remember when I first learned about love addiction and I am a therapist and I learned about love addiction while I was a therapist, thought love addiction wasn't a thing until my life got a lot worse. So I learned about love addiction, joined the 12-step programs, learned so much. I started to love myself a lot more um, in some ways, but I still kept dating people who weren't that good for me. At one point, I was simultaneously connected to a narcissist, uh, a person that I had built a fantasy relationship with who was just a friend who did not want me back, and a person that was um, separated from their partner. And for me, it had always been a rule that I would never date or connect to someone who was not legally unattached. And so even though I had access to all these resources and all this information, my own personal training, my friends who were therapists, I still was making worse and worse decisions because there were deeper roots that I hadn't connected to and that I hadn't gotten support with. And so that's where I started to reverse engineer that process to help me actually work through these things and get to the other side of it. And that is why I'm here, because I talk about all of those things and I'll put all of those resources and tools and process and I'll walk you through that experience in the recovery school. So sometimes what happens, one way we can sabotage ourselves is we can give ourselves this like really tiny window. And if I don't get what I want in this way, well, then I'm just not going to do it. So for those of you who may um, be able to enroll in the program, but you hear that there's a scholarship and if you don't get it, then you're like, well, then I guess I'm not supposed to do it. I just, I really encourage you to not waste any time when it comes around this because it's so important for us once we see that there's a problem and we know that we're ready to move forward and we know that we're ready to make change that um, we actually do it because you take yourself everywhere you go. So, you know, all the examples I even gave for someone who may be connecting to someone who is not on their level and not what they want, triggers triggers around work, triggers around family, triggers around your own sense of self-worth and self-esteem will bleed into your romantic partnerships and vice versa, you know, to where if I'm not really connected to learning how to love myself in one area, then I'm going to try to overcompensate in other areas. And so once you start to get healthy and get balanced, it completely transforms your whole life not just the area that you're focusing on, not just romantic partnerships. It is a full recovery. And so that's what I really want for all of you. So again, therecoveryschool.com for those of you who are like, I'm not waiting on this. I'm ready to get started now. And of course, a scholarship is available for five lucky women um, going into this Valentine season. So that's it for now. I'm sending you all so much love. I hope that you are taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. And I hope that this episode helps you get one step closer to that if it has been a problem for you up until now. That's it. Y'all take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.